And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 261 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, March 4th, 2021. And with me, my good friend, my colleague, and the guy who's definitely not a deep fake of Tom Cruise, Mr. Joe Polizzi. Have you seen this thing? Have, have, oh, have, I, I, I did not see it until you sent it to me. It which is, is craziness. Freaky. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about it? Well, I don't know how many people have seen it yet. I mean, of course, it's been viral, but what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it was sent to me, and what we're talking about, and of course, we'll link to it in the show notes, which is this deep fake on TikTok. Um, it's a whole account. It's called Deep Tom or something like that. And basically, it's very short videos of someone doing a deep fake. I think it's a Belgian guy um, doing a, you know, doing the voice and walking around and then putting, of course, the deep fake look of Tom Cruise. And it's freaky good. I mean, the it's one like, with the coin, like you, you can't tell. You can't I mean, tell. It looks, it looks exactly. I'm mean, of course, he's, he's doing an impression of Tom Cruise as well. Yes. Which is a pretty darn good impression. That's right. Yeah. And the one that, the one that freaked me out is the one where he walks in the room and kind of trips a little bit and then, uh, and then sort of, laughs because he's got that great tom cruise laugh mm -hmm. down um it's it's really i mean and the the thing that that nailed me about it was the 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 tweet from one some guy that they you know that's in the news article that we'll we'll post where it said um you know yeah this isn't even that particularly sophisticated right this 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 deep fake's not even that great it's an amateur basically who put it together imagine what a government can do right it to 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 do something like this it's it's going to get weird real quick here this is like it it's like dave you know the, the movie uh dave where yeah he yeah of course faked yeah. as a president i love that movie it's like that love but you that don't movie. need but you don't need somebody that looks like the president anymore because if you keep everything on a video feed and you you can you can fake the whole thing I mean, I've seen the. I mean, you've probably seen the the videos and the uh, where you have little clips from movies and things, and people will put their face in. That's and right. It looks so realistic. Yeah. And the they, Han Solo one is a good one with the and, with um, where they put. Uh, um, I don't know, but it's early here. I'm blanking on his name. Um, uh, Harrison Ford into the 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 sequel movie, the the Harrison Ford um, or the the Han Solo movie. Oh, as as. The most recent Han Solo movie. That's right. Movie. Yeah. So okay, they put Harrison Ford into the most recent Han Solo movie in a few scenes. It's it's which is also really good. Yeah. I don't know where this goes, but it's going to get freaky. The it whole is thing. Get like, it's it's weird because and I know we're covering a lot of news today, but it seems like we're we're starting to cover months of happenings in a couple days now. It's just the news, <laughs> right? Not. It's almost. It's almost like. Um, it's almost like something happened, some event happened where all of a sudden we're all pent up, right? And now everybody's releasing. You know, it's like that is actually true. It's almost like there was a throttle on news, yeah, <laughs> for so long, and then okay, that's gone. Oh my gosh, there's stuff, other stuff. There's that's other happening. stuff happening in the world, which that's you have true. to figure all this stuff was happening in the world. It just didn't last, make the top 10. That's right. It was just, you know. Couldn't get through the, all the It was just like, oh, he tweeted again. All right, well, that's going to bury our story. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you just, uh, you couldn't compete. You couldn't, you, you, you couldn't compete with it. But now it's not there, right? Government's back to being relatively boring again. So thank God. You know, we like yeah. This. Oh my gosh. I like, the, I like boring. Oh, by the way, did you see this? And this is a special place in our heart uh, because you and I went there together. Alamo Draft House. Uh, I know. Right, and the bankruptcy. Yeah. Well, I For think those... they're going to be saved. I think, didn't they, 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 I didn't read the entire article. I did see the headline. But didn't they, didn't a private equity firm come in and, and sort I, of. I don't know all. I did honestly just saw the headline, which, I, you know, I'm not supposed to do. But yes, I didn't yeah. read the article. I just saw the Alamo Draft House uh, declares bankruptcy. And I remember, remember that when you and I were in Austin, that was one of the last 
um, masterclass things that's that right. we did together yeah. in Austin, Texas. And I said, I really want to go to this Alamo Draft House and we could order food and eat the whole thing. And what was that movie that we watched with, um, oh, what's his name from Pineapple Express? Yeah, it was, was the, the um, uh, it was the end of the world, I think it was, or the, uh, wasn't it that movie? No. Oh, no, I forgot. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, I really wanted to go. We had a beer and popcorn. And it was fantastic. It was, it was a it was fantastic, wonderful place. The, my favorite part of that whole experience, which I totally wanted to steal for an event, was the pre-movie, you know, instead of showing ads uh, for stuff, they did, like, old TV show clips from old TV shows and clips from old commercials and clips from... Uh, old music videos and all these like classic just old clips of stuff that were just wonderful such a nostalgia feel and it was uh you know and they would just do little clips you know just boom 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 and you you were just you know you were glued to the screen watching the thing and we were we were sitting there giggling about all these old things before the movie started it was wonderful oh and then right before that they went on and said, if you dare text, oh yeah, we They're, will. Yeah. We will. They, they take that seriously. You yeah. And they said it over and over and over again. And we're like, okay, we get it. I like it. I mean, nobody's yeah. texting. Nobody even brings out their phones. Yeah. This is an That's experience. Right. So I just read the article while we were chit chatting here, and basically, what? what they've done is they've gone into Chapter Eleven to restructure. They're going to close a few locations, restructure lease obligations. And I'm sure they'll come back. I'm sure. Basically, it's, they're taking a pause is what they're doing. Probably a good time to do it. Take yeah, a pause I for a couple it. months. Uh, come back when people are allowed back into a movie theater. That's right. And you can start over again. So yeah. We'll we'll see. But I just saw that and I thought that was interesting. So do we have anything else to cover before we get to this crazy no, I think it's. Week. I think we jump right into it because Let's do this it. week brought. You know, I mean, as we just talked about, this week brought a plethora, as it were, a bountiful cornucopia of news, um, and it's just we're just chock a block full, right? Um, how many more <laughs> synonyms for a lot can I use? You know, no, one? we probably. Yeah. By the way, uh, we should mention. That we, you and I did do the clubhouse thing yesterday. We did. Finally. We figured did. Figured it out a little bit. It went well. It went fine. It went, it, it went fine. I, I preferred our format uh, to the panel discussion thing. I think it felt a little more organized. I have no idea if that's what we did was more normal, less normal, within the bounds, without the bounds. I, I just, it felt more like a, you know, a, to me, it felt a little more like what you sign in to, what I would sign in as a user to get on Clubhouse, which is hear two guys talk about something that I'm interested in and they have some level of experience in and then be able to ask them questions. That seems to me to be the the main use case for, for Clubhouse, but you know. I, I don't know. I I'm, agree. Well, I liked it. I mean, obviously, you and I. I'm not sold it was like, yet. I'm not, yeah, was I'm like, not sold yet. We did like 20, 25 minutes of what we would do on this show and talked about media companies and buying. And, and I guess we went into a little bit more detail on the questions than we normally would on like on this show because we're covering news blips. But the one thing that I don't like, and I've been on a couple as a speaker or a moderator where you've got like four or five or six speakers, moderators up there. And yeah. then somebody sees their buddy in the audience and brings them up, and you're five minutes in, and already you've got somebody that wasn't a speaker given their bro take. Right. And I'm like, I don't, what? I'm like, where did that come from? I said, first of all, who's this guy? Second of all, I don't care. And, of course, it was exactly what I expected it would be. The guy was an idiot. So it already takes it down a notch. That wasn't and an hour, by the, the way, to, to be, to, to, just to clarify. That wasn't an hour event. You're talking about no, a no, no. Event. That wasn't yeah. our that was a our event. event. We had our nothing event, but great people in there. Yeah. Our event, we, you and I did 30 minutes. That's and right. We got into Q and A and did 25 minutes of Q and A, and we were done. And we right. promised we'd be done right on the hour, which we yeah. were. And I think that worked out great. No, I was in another one. Yeah, where that happened, and that's what worries me because what happens if you're a clubhouse moderator, you you can bring up anybody onto the stage you want to at any time. 
And so that's the issue where, and, and as we were talking about before the show, some people, in order to get a larger audience, they'll bring 12 moderators in because every time you bring, you come up as a moderator, that'll ping the network and say, so-and-so is a moderator in this session and you get more people. And it's a whole, as you called it, it could be a Ponzi scheme. We don't know exactly yet. I'm not sold either, but I'm, I've got a couple things that I'm hopeful for. I am going to do the content Inc book tour and I'm going to do it on clubhouse only since I can't do an in-person book tour. So I'm going to do nine or 10 sessions with case studies from the book and I'm going to do it exactly like we did it. Q&A, I'm going to break down somebody else's Content Inc. platform. So that I'm going to do. I'm hopeful that they let Android users in before this happens. So we well, you know, the, and, and, do the, and Twitter beat them to the punch, right? So t- it's all it, Twitter's in now, right? With Twitter space. We should try a Twitter space. Just to, I've been, just to, well, yeah. I've been on a couple Twitter spaces. I'm not, I can't do it. I'm not, I don't have um, the permission yet to do one myself. And I haven't reached out and done that yet. Right. But what, what I don't like about, I like Twitter spaces is it's really easy to just jump right in and you're good. Because if you look at your feed, uh, you'll see right on the top who in your network has, has a, is doing a space meter spaces. Right. That's right. What I don't like is you just go in, it's so-and-so's spaces. You don't know what they're talking about at all. There's no, oh, there's no point. name. That's a good point. There's no, and that's what I like about Clubhouse is it tells you exactly what you're going into and what the meeting is supposed to be about. Twitter Spaces doesn't have that. You just jump in. Yeah. With a bunch of people. Good I point. I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. So that's the difference there. And then, of course, you got whatever Facebook's going to launch. Yeah. It should get really. But you, but you and I were just talking about this. Some people that we know really well are spending their entire day. Oh yeah, on Clubhouse. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very spending, very addicted to it. It's I I I know multiple people who are spending six seven hours a day on Clubhouse, and with the sole intent of building up their followers. You know, I mean. Oh yeah, I I don't want to get off on a rant, but but it's 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 not. Uh, I don't know. It's it, you know, and you and I were talking about it. Is this different than what happened when, let's say, Twitter launched? It's a little bit because it, it. I keep coming back to that. This is the difference between this is a land grab. I think the the interesting thing with Twitter was. You know, okay. First of all, it was it was early, and we didn't know. Nobody knew what the hell they were doing, right? This was two thousand eight, two thousand seven. You know, and everybody was just trying to figure out. You know, the only real reference we had was Facebook and MySpace at that point, and so looking at Twitter was like, yeah, of course you're trying to build an audience, you're trying to build a following because it makes you look cool, it makes you look like an influencer, but the whole point was know. that everybody yeah. was part of the creator class. Every the way that you got followers was that you created content. And the difference here is that because of the way that Clubhouse is set up and the way that you when you join, you are automatically like when Twitter when you signed up for Twitter, you had zero followers and you followed zero people. And and you started from scratch and you just went for it. When you sign up for Clubhouse, you're immediately, you know, if you don't like manually do that, like if you manually don't like opt out, you're following the algorithm, right? The algorithm gives you people that you're following. And, you know, that's an interesting take, but, you know, there's a whole rant we could go on about that. But more importantly, what you're doing is, is you're signing up for a content feed. You're signing up for, you know, and the, the, the fewer number of creators builds in this sort of haves and have nots. So I think what you're going to end up with here are the top 1% of Clubhouse members who have millions of followers and, you know, and then everybody else who has like 10, right? It's, gonna, it's like, yeah, it's going to be like the U.S. economany. Right. Where you where the <laughs> right. one percenters right. own 90% right. of the... Yes, it's exactly what it's going to be. That's right. Yeah. And so that, and that, I just, you know, it, I don't know. It, that feels less like a social network to me. And it feels like 
you know, everybody's sort of signing up for the cult of personality, you know, and, well, and I, I guess that's fine. It's just, I don't um, know. I, I, yeah, I, you're right. And I don't, and I don't know either. And I think that we'll have a better idea in three months. The, the thing concerning our session, which was on buying and selling media companies or selling yeah. your content property, this is what concerns me. Yet another platform where you have content creators building up a following that they don't control or own and can't monetize. That's, that's my concern because it's getting out of hand where you'll see, and I'm not going to call out names, but there's some big wig, you know, new, some new content or creator economy folks out there that are, they're talking up how important their TikTok feeds are and Ugh. Facebook and how it's driving their revenue model. And it's sending a whole new class of creators in there thinking that they have some kind of ownership over those platforms. And it's scary. It's scary because you and I have been fighting against this for how long? Yeah. And here you go. You got a whole new thing, Clubhouse, where they're just going to run to, and they're they're all fighting over followers right now. And at the end of the day, what is that you know, six, seven hours a day going to get them? It might get them absolutely nothing. Well, now, yeah. now for me, well, for me, and then, so let me turn it back on myself here because I'm saying I'm going to do, <laughs> yeah, right. book, I'm going to do my book <laughs> tour on here. I'm I'm going to run this more like honestly more like a campaign i'm honestly not i'm not in it necessarily to get fifty thousand followers i'm actually doing this for book launch purposes the same that you would go on a radio show or the same that you would go to a bookstore somewhere and do a signing just to get a little buzz going about the book and interest in the book so i don't know if i'm forgiven for that or if that's stupid i don't even know I think it's an interesting experiment. I think, you know, I mean, if this was the only thing you were doing, I'd be against it. But I know it's not the only thing you're doing. This is one thing you're doing in a just one thing as part of an integrated marketing and communications plan. That's exactly right. Well, you know, what was interesting, though. It was quite easy to get people to say yes to this a lot easier than it would be to have them do a webinar or anything else, because I think people are right now are intrigued by the clubhouse thing. So yeah. like, oh yeah, I'd like to try that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. well, you know, because who knows? We might be there with hundreds of people in the audience. It might be there with five. Yeah, but we will see. Anyway, sorry about see. that tangent. No, it's Robert. okay. We were it's talking a- about your your top story. We have top a story lot was of absolutely news. clubhouse. Yeah. We have some so. really fun, big, interesting market changing stories to talk through here. Um, and so let's get to it. Let's get to it with our first story, which um, is about Roku. And there's a few places that are that are covering this. Um, we will link to two, um, the Axios story uh, and a Media Post story, um, which is covering the headline of Roku to buy Nielsen's advanced video advertising business. Um, I want to throw a big shout out to Sarah Fisher. That's F-I-S-C-H-E-R, Sarah Fisher on Twitter, at Sarah Fisher. Thank you, Sarah, for sending this over to us uh, via the hashtag. Very, very grateful for that. The article opens up by saying Roku has agreed to acquire Nielsen's advanced video advertising business. That includes Nielsen's video automatic content recognition and dynamic ad insertion technologies. Financial terms were not disclosed. The deal would push Roku's ability to expand its efforts with advertisers in addressable advertising, which provides better targeting and measurement than traditional TV video. The quote uh, from the Lokman Parampath, VP of Product Management at Roku, says, with this acquisition of Nielsen Advanced Advertising, we will be adding advertising to on traditional TV. I, that is the dumbest quote I've seen in a long time, but all right. So um, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, what do you think? I mean, I have, I have, a, I have a big take on yep. this coming from TV and, and all of that. So I have, a, I have a take on this. But what it, I wanted to get your take on this. What do you yeah, think? You're, you're more the TV guy. I'm, you know I've been fascinated by Roku for a long time. I, I believe that they are uh, amassing. And this is part of the whole, you know, money is cheap. They've got a lot of money right now. And they're buying things. You have a take on, you know, specifically what's going on with, uh, with Nielsen. But... I, I'm, it's interesting to see what Roku is going to do. They're starting here. They're continuing this monetization. 
there's a great in the Axios piece. There's a great chart that talks about how there's seven, 2021, 70 billion dollars in total ad spending. But this advanced television that we're talking about here, that Roku's getting involved in, just a small percentage at this point, 10 billion of the 70, but growing like crazy. So you can see that in a couple of years, most of that TV ad spending is going to be very highly targeted. And that's where I think this Roku Nielsen thing comes in. But I, the the thing that kills me about this whole thing, and we might be even be talking about this more in this episode, but the fact is that, and you're seeing this a lot in the Bitcoin space, where banks want to get involved in Bitcoin, but they can't build fast enough. So they're starting to buy all kinds of things. Same thing with Roku here. There's all kinds of changes happening in technology, advertising, content. And so you're just going to start seeing all these acquisitions happen like crazy. And we seem to be covering multiple ones every week. So that's just just another one. And, and we're seeing a land grab in each one of these spaces, it seems. It really is. Yeah, I mean, this is this. I mean, we've talked a lot about the acquisitions, mergers and sort of all of this that's going to come out of this pent up demand, you know, that came out of 2020 and and, and all of that and as you speak about so often how much cash is sitting on the sidelines right now for for um, for these companies to buy either new technologies or new media companies and this is exactly that and in fact you know i mean we've talked about nielsen a lot on this uh, on this show and i've ranted back going back to my tv days about the nonsense that nielsen ratings and and measurement really is um but like currency, we trust it. So it has become the basis by which we value uh, television um, and the ratings therein, uh, which is why his quote is so silly. Um, but the the real key here is, is that we covered this in November of last year on episode 221, I think it was. We um, The Wall Street Journal reported that Nielsen split into two companies, one yep. the measurement side, to the digital advertising technology side. And we posited and we guessed at the time that was because they were trying to get one of them available for sale. Um, and here we go. This was exactly the, them prepping for this, right? So this was, you know, it, it's the timing is too perfect, right? They split it off in November and here we are in March, merely basically two quarters later and they're, and they're selling off what they, you know, they basically, Split it up. They polished up the rock, and they had they probably had Roku on the hook to buy this as at the end of last year, and have just been working through all the details. So, not surprising. Um, the interesting thing is, I think this is a huge win for Roku. Like just to your point, I think this is, you know, Roku has been killing it of late. They've just been crushing it in terms of becoming a desktop, uh, or I should say, a, a box standard. Um, uh, you know, uh, on yeah, they're the pla they're the platform. Yeah, they, they are become the, the platform. platform. 50, yeah. 55 million houses or something with 50 That's right. million houses now. And it's crazy. Yeah, they're just they're just crushing it when it comes to that. And so giving them access to a addressable audience and the ability, you know, two years ago when 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 Nielsen talked about doing addressable audiences and the ability to deliver technology and video ads based on uh, audiences rather than time slot or day part, which was always the way you bought TV media. I was like, you know, I think that's amazing, right? Um, the fact that now Roku is taking that mantle on as the, as the sort of juggernaut in terms of delivery of very audience specific, household specific advertising, to the television is, you know, is perfect. It's just it's just a perfect platform for them, and and so uh, kudos to them for for picking it up, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, just think about what's what we talked about just in the last month. So Roku builds this platform, then they buy Quibi content for nothing. Yeah, and now they can right. take that Quibi content and run targeted ads against it with Nielsen. Yeah, and they probably will make their money back tomorrow. That's right on this deal. So it's just nuts. And then we're not even talking about in cars yet. I mean, that's the so that's the next fight. You know, we're all, we're always talking about this in home fight for technology. And, you know, the Internet of Things and whatever, that's that's a whole thing that's happening right now. I think a lot of people forget about the fact that a lot of that time that's going to be spent is in cars, not necessarily driving. We won't necessarily be driving. We'll be in little vehicles going oh, places. Oh, sure. And there's a lot of 
screen time there. And Roku's next thing is they want to be a part of that. So I don't know how big Roku could get, but I'm bullish. Oh, I'm yeah. long Roku, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and don't forget that this is not only the thing that hangs on your wall, right? This is your iPad, your iPhone, all the places yeah. where you watch addressable video. Um, so as you're, you know, on the subway catching the latest, you know, episode of, of whatever it is, um, and you start getting, you know, and I think it'll be interesting to see if they start using the Quibi content as advertising, right? So you get a sponsor to sponsor one of those little Quibi shorts, and all of a sudden that becomes the advertisement between shows. Um, you know, sort of see the, you know, see a three to five minute, you know, quote unquote ad sponsored by that's whoever. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. I mean, what's what I think? What I think is interesting is you can. Do you have a Roku? I, I have had a Roku, so I know how okay. it works. But currently, we don't have one set up in okay. the house. So I've had I've had a Roku for a long time, and generally, the way you start with a Roku is you have Roku, and then oh, I can get access to, or you have a smart TV. Yeah, you might have a smart TV with Roku That's operating right. system. Yep, we did not have that. So we went, I signed up, got the, whatever, $39 Roku. And then, so I want to make sure, oh, I want to get Netflix. And then we wanted Hulu for, for live sports, obviously. Right. Hulu does yeah, live right, sports. Right. So I would set that up. But now looking at it, Roku has such an amazing content library. You could just get Roku, fill that in with, well, I think it's Fubo, with Pluto, and with Roku and spend zero dollars. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is a thing. I know. You spend you can now get a right. ton of television, even take Netflix aside. You can get a ton of programming for nothing today through a Roku. And I think that's where, you know, it's almost like the Trojan horse thing. You don't see it's coming. You know, Netflix and HBO, they and Disney, they do all the deals with Roku because they're the gateway. Yes, well, that's it, right? They're and the they're last doing the mile. Bait and switch. They're doing the bait and switch. Yeah, right they're now. they're the last mile, right? They're it's the it, it's it you know they who control that last node between you and the, you know it's the um, you know in, in the old IT world we used to call it the uh, PBCS right, which was called problem between chair and screen, right? You know, in other words. <laughs> Where's the problem? Well, it's the it's the problem is between the chair and the screen, which of course means it's you. Um, and in the media world, it is who controls that last bit, right? Who controls the the device that you actually watch this thing on? And and when you've got a quote unquote dumb TV or you've got a smart TV connected to Roku, that's the last bit, right? That that's where you control. You are the gateway to the viewer. And if you have the data of who that viewer is, because you do, because you register your Roku and you, I guess, provide them all sorts of information, well, now you've got something powerful. How did Apple and Amazon not win? Well, they do, right? They do. They, I well, mean, they have still tried involved. to do this, right? Yeah, oh, yeah of course. They're still, I mean, you got you got Amazon Fire, you've got Apple TV, but it's clear that the winner right now is Roku. And they're the one that's that's gaining momentum. That's right. That's right. Amazon has tried to do it in other devices, right? Amazon has not focused on the television. And Apple, surprisingly, I mean, the 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 the, the rumor was forever that Apple too. TV was actually going to be a TV, not just a little hockey puck thing that you stuck on like a Roku box, but it was actually going to be a smart television. And they may still do that, um, you know. So we'll we'll see. But I, I think. Um, it would not surprise me to see an Amazon either look to purchase Roku or to actually uh, come up with a competitor. I can guarantee you there's three companies right now heavily looking at Roku. The problem is, is that Roku's valuation is off the charts right now. Yeah. You'd have to spend at least twice, maybe three times market. Yeah, it's, it's an expensive company right now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is a known and sad fact that SaaS companies spend a not-so-small fortune on lead gen. CRMs are clogged with leads that, truth be told, get very little attention, usually in the form of nurture automation, a.k.a. predefined email sequence. The result? Few leads are converted and qualified into SQLs. Money spent goes to waste as sales teams don't have the capacity to properly qualify leads, resulting in cold to lukewarm leads being pushed to sales calls just to fill the quota. That's terrible. 
I hate that. It's time that's wasted. You know where this is going. There must be a better way. Enter Exceed, intelligent AI that autonomously and automatically nurtures and qualifies leads. Exceed digs into your CRM and starts engaging leads in two-way conversations via email, website chat, and text messages. The interactions are wholly conversational and personalized based on user and historical data. Once the AI qualifies a lead, it independently books a sales call with the relevant sales rep and immediately goes back into qualifying more leads. This is amazing. I can't believe it. Go check out Exceed. Exceed.ai. That's Exceed.ai. Stop wasting time. All right, let's move on, shall we? Because we have more news to cover here. This one will be a quick one because it's just, you know, yet another data point for us in our ongoing uh, talk of mergers, acquisitions, and content marketing. Uh, This will come to us courtesy of Axios. uh, And the headline here is Casinos Throwing Cash at Sports Betting Media. Uh, This is a surprise. This is, it would be remiss of me not to go to our wonderful Casablanca quote and say, I'm shocked that there's gambling going on in the casino. Um, <laughs> there is The article opens up by saying, casinos are investing millions on sports betting content to lure bettors to their online and in-person sports books. It's a mini gold rush, says the article, for some sports media companies that were struggling in the pandemic. Amid the pandemic, audio has become a strong tool to engage consumers. The difference in audio and video is that audio can live with you in a lot of different spaces as a consumer, says J.D. Crowley, the chief digital officer at audio giant Entercom. Uh, Driving the news is that Win Resorts... Uh, is the latest casino to invest in sports content, spending $3.5 million to build a dedicated studio at its Las Vegas resort in conjunction with sports podcast company Blue Wire. And so these media companies will be making money by referring customers to the sports books and so on and so forth. And so, I mean, this is, you can see this coming 10 miles away, but anything to add to that, Mr. Pelosi? Yeah, we knew. I mean, we already knew. The the thing that sticks out with me is, when did three point five million dollars seem like a low number? It does. Yeah, it seems right. like it's not. That's not a big number when we've been talking about all these billion dollar deals going on. Look at well, and the build versus is, buy. They're building. Yeah, right? ex- yeah. Ex- exactly. That's interesting. But I mean, this is this is a no brainer for people that listen to this podcast. Is that content uh, created like we're talking about with this news blurb cre- can create better customers. And in this case, better gamblers, I guess, or more proficient, uh, gamblers. So that's all they're doing. You see every one of the, um, gambling outfits investing, buying or building something. We talked about the, you know, pen, pen gaming barstool sports thing. That's, that was leading this whole thing. And now you the dominoes are falling. And the, so this is happening in the, uh, gambling industry and it's it's happening <laughs> this is happening everywhere it's it's weird robert to look at all this stuff where we were talking about it as this could happen six years ago when we were talking about it and now like it's just all happening and it's people are like no big deal of course yeah i just it just floors me that this is just a regular news story about all these content marketing activities that are happening. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, we, we, well, we talked a little bit about it on our clubhouse thing, which is, you know, it, 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 it still doesn't feel like the thing that, you know, the mainstream media is going to cover, right? Because it feels very niche at the moment, but it, it, it's becoming very quickly, much more mainstream, right? We even where something like a $3.5 million investment into a studio is becoming newsworthy. It's a, you know, that's, you know, I mean, I will tell you, having worked a little in the in the Las Vegas casino world, them spending three point five million dollars is a rounding error, right? I mean, yeah. this is you know they 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 do that. That's one day, yes, yeah. one day's gains. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 a minimum investment, but what they'll get out of it, as we've said before, is lots and lots of really good stuff because they'll you know that that will they'll leverage that content for 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 quite a bit. But it is interesting, and and it's. You know, we'll put the link in the show notes, but it's interesting to see the variety of building and buying going on at the same time. Yeah, you, that's you're, right. You're seeing all the casino groups. You've got FanDuel and DraftKings. They've all, they're basically everyone's doing both. 
they're looking at, okay, can we, can we build something and have it be proprietary? And then also, what radio stations, what websites, what influencers, what media properties are also available? Yeah. Well, this is, this is not different when you sort of peel back the layers, what's what's happening here with Win Resorts and their investment of three and a half million dollars into a studio is no different than what we're seeing as a trend in classic brands, product brands, service brands, where the move to in-house content, um, and there's lots of research on this, by the way, the ANA has put out, you know, that 78%, I think I'm gonna get that slightly wrong, but 78% of companies are either actively or looking to in-house their uh, classic creative and content services. Um, and and the content is driving that in-housing movement. And that's a pendulum that swings back and forth every decade or so, but it seems to be swinging pretty hard now. And the key is, is that it's content driving that. And so, you know, durables companies, manufacturers, you know, service companies, accounting firms, we're talking to all of these people. And I can tell you, they're building content teams. They're building studios. They're building video studios. They're building audio studios. They're launching podcasts. They're this, it's the same thing. You know? And it's important to say, yeah. why are they doing that? Because long-term, it will be a better return. It's closer to the customer. Uh, You're closer to the closer customer. It's closer to the customer, but if you just like look at it from an asset standpoint, it's a better return right. than going to seven or eight or 15 different channels because their audiences are all over the place and buying ad deals. That's right. It's like, well, well let's, just, let's just develop the audience. Wouldn't that be smarter? You can't do that through ads. Yeah. Should be a book on this. He can't. Yeah. He can't do it. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our next story here quickly. Uh, we, uh, this is an interesting one. Speaking of making money and speaking of building audiences and all of our discussions about Clubhouse and all of that. Few stories here we'll link to in the show notes um, because it's sort of all coming together. Uh, all about Twitter. Um, Twitter giving a boost to the creator economy will be one story we link to, and that comes to us from The Media Nut, and we've talked about that newsletter before from Josh Sternberg, and it's a great newsletter. Um, and uh, the, the article opens up by saying, the creator economy got a boost yesterday after Twitter announced a virtual event that it was building out features to let people charge certain followers bonus content. Uh, calling this new user base super follows, Twitter is opening the door for people to make money off of their content. No longer will we be able to say, I cannot believe this website is free. That's a great line. Um, and, uh, and then so The Verge also has a version of this same story, uh, which is basically covering the announcement, which says Twitter announces paid super follows to let you charge for tweets. Uh, in their article, they say Twitter announced a pair of big upcoming features today, the ability for users to charge their followers for access to additional content and the ability to create and join groups based around specific interests. Uh, they're two of the more substantial changes to Twitter in a while, but they also fit snugly into models that have been popular and successful on other social platforms. This may actually answer your clubhouse um, thing with Twitter spaces, uh, Joe. Anyway, the payment feature called Super Follows will allow Twitter users to charge followers and give them access to extra content. That could be bonus tweets, access to a community group, subscription to a newsletter, or a badge indicating your support. In a mock-up screenshot, Twitter showed an example of where a user charges $4.99 per month to receive a series of perks. Uh, Twitter sees it as a way to let creators and publishers get paid directly by their fans. Uh it's. I mean, this is this is right up your alley. Yeah, and I, honestly, I was taking a look at it. It's really similar to what Twitch has done for a long time. I mean, Twi if you are a follower of somebody uh, streaming on Twitch, you can support them through different ways. You can give them a, like a five dollar a month thing. You can actually use some of your if your your Amazon Prime to do that if you wish to do that. And then they've got these what the super follows I guess would be for Twitter would be your twenty five dollar supporter level that you have on Twitch. Yeah. So honestly, if I'm looking at this, it's they're basically just copying Twitch's model, which is fine. I don't have a problem with it. But you're right with the Twitter spaces. If you have super follows, you could just have a little community update Twitter spaces audio meeting with just your group that follows you. Yeah. Um, 
this is just one move on what you're going to see with Twitter. Twitter is really focused on monetizing everything that they can now. Yeah. I don't know what happened with Jack, but the light just went off. And now they they're going into hyperdrive. Yeah, like there's another. I like I belong Twitter right now because all they're focused on right now is revenue generation. Well, it's it, and this is one way they're going to do it. It's interesting because um, Jack's other company, Square, of course, um, a story that we're not necessarily officially covering in this episode, just made a deal Tidal. with Title. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Jay Z is now Jay Z. Yeah. That's Jay Z's company. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And now Jay Z is part of the board of Square. Um, and they're the whole point that Jack said anyway in his sort of Twitter uh, thread was he was talking about the reason for this join up of the two companies was because he wanted to enable artists and musicians to be able to create transactions, you know, right there through Square for sale of music and art, you know, other art. So. I think all of this is sort of crashing together, this sort of, you know, and I know you're going to talk about this a little bit in your rants and raves, but, you know, the idea of NFT plus transactions plus private spaces on social media, all of this is sort of coming together into this idea of, you know, how do we monetize content creation? And it's 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 just a fascinating time. Well, I've never, you know, you and I have been around for a while. So yeah, right. Can, yes, exactly. We can say I've never seen anything like this. That that so many networks are trying to figure out revenue options for the creator, the content creator. The, the early days of e-com. It feels creator. a little like the early days of e-commerce, right? It feel you know like in yes. the, the late nineties, yes. um, early two thousands when e-commerce was like everybody was going to have a store, right? Everybody, yeah, everyone's had to have throwing a up store. a portal. That's yeah, right. You got it. Um, but it actually feels more, even more democratized than that, right? Because in those days, late 90s, dot-com boom, everybody was going to have a store. You could, you know, go around the media. You could go, you know, route around all these institutions like retail. And the big promise was going to be everybody could have an online store and you could, it was all going to be democratized and you could sell all these things on eBay and, you know, create blah, 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 blah. And all of that was fantastic. This feels even more democratized than that because this feels literally like you could set up something in about 10 minutes. And if assuming you had the right content and the right model, you could instantly start to build a, a business on top of it. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's literally at this point, point and click kind of thing. Well, it's interesting. So we have two types of listeners to this program that we know of. Yeah. One is we have marketers at at brands of, of all sizes. Right. Basically, you would consider them content marketers. So that's a whole group that this is very interesting. But then you have we have just content creators as well, individuals that are looking at, you know, what what they can learn and maybe, you know, get some entertainment out of what we talk about. That last the, bit's a stretch, but all right. Yeah. Well, ahead. well, yeah, <laughs> may, maybe. Sure. But I was talking to somebody the other day, so this is relevant for both those groups, and we were talking about entrepreneurship growth um, internationally, everywhere, not just United States or North America, but in Europe and in Asia. And we were basically coming to the point where there will be more, more business, more content creation slash media company launches that will be over the next five to seven years that is the model, the number one model in every country. People are going, you know, people don't want to be, you know, when you ask a 16-year-old boy right now what he wants to be when he grows up, he'll say a YouTuber, a Twitch star, something like, he's not saying an astronaut, he's not saying a lawyer, doctor, whatever. <laughs> exactly. That's, he or she, by the way, I'm not, it's yeah, yeah. Any, right. anybody out there that's doing that. Um, I see that from from kids from 10 years old on up. And they're coming into this whole uh realm of content entrepreneurship and it is very exciting and it's absolutely possible they really do believe now they can they can come out of this at 18 17 18 years old and it's it's i can't even wrap my arms around it robert because like my youngest son he has a friend who just turned 18 that just got a three hundred thousand dollar a year deal to be a gamer wow 
That's amazing. I mean, just yeah, just yeah. think about that. Yeah, he's not in college. He he's not even graduated from high school yet. Right, and yeah. he's going to start in May at three hundred thousand dollars a year with perks. Right. I, I <laughs> let's put our arms around this a little bit if we can. This is not. This is This is where it's going. Everyone, and that's why you have people questioning. I'm not going to go on a big rant here, but you have people questioning what's the value of college. Is it is it for for me to grow up and mature, or is it for me to get another job? Well, I right. I it's, can believe with no, the first one. I don't know about the second one. We're full on and Ready Player One. I mean, it's it. We're there, right? <laughs> yes. You know, it's 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 happening right now. Absolutely. So, anyways, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but this is incredibly exciting, and in what we're going it's, to see, and uh, we're just we're, you and I are just trying to figure it out. It's you know, it's moving fast. Going? It's it in the in the words of Ferris Bueller, life moves pretty fast, and I don't know that we have time to stop right now and look around. <laughs> it's 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 moving quick right now in terms of technology and business models and and all of that. Well, that's why we got two middle-aged guys. That that's right. That's right. We're the perfect, yeah, we're the perfect <laughs> couple of chuckleheads to really sort it all out for you. We're here for and you, folks. Yes. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to our last story that we cover before we get to our rants and rave section, which, of course, is about our old friends up there in Silicon Valley, good old Mark Zuckerberg and his family at Facebook. Uh, and, old Facebook. You know, Emphasis on old Facebook. Old Facebook, yeah. I really do. <laughs> I don't. You know what? It feels old right now. Gonna, I got to tell you, yeah, it feels you, old right yeah. now. If you if you're looking at okay, who's going to be around in five years, and or or who has the 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 biggest chance of going more irrelevant? Facebook might be at the top of that list. It's fascinating. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fascinating yeah. right now because it feels a little bit like Facebook is kind of like the record companies of the early two thousands, right? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. sort yeah. of grasping on, and this story is sort of a key to that. Um, you know, which is all about how, um, you know, it, well, the, uh, just get to the headline, which coming from nine to five Mac, although there are many organizations covering this, which is Facebook's new PR blitz, it's new marketing and PR blitz touts the benefits of personalized ads, <laughs> which is not a joke, folks. That's not an onion headline. That is for real uh, ahead of Apple's privacy feature. Uh, the article opens up by saying Facebook continues to play defense against Apple's upcoming app tracking transparency feature. The company has today launched a new digital ad campaign called Good Ideas Deserve to be Found uh, with the purpose of explaining the importance of personalized advertisements. The ad copy reads, the world is full of good ideas. Now, thanks to personalized ads, small businesses can get theirs found. Good ideas deserve to be found. Uh, apologies to the copywriter who wrote that, but that is just bullshit. Um, and so <laughs> that, that is uh, that is not. Yeah, we'll just we'll just stop there. You know, basically, all of this is in response to uh, Apple's announcement that they are going to. Um, uh, really get into transparency when it comes to how data is getting used on their apps that are on the iPhone. And so they're, you know, Facebook and Apple quickly becoming enemies here on this two sides of the coin um, for allowing of tracking that they're definitely afraid of. And so they're trying to have this consumer driven Intel inside kind of campaign to say, hey, listen, this is actually a good thing for you. Um, and it's just not going to work. So uh, anyway, do you do you have a take on this? Yeah, you know when I saw this when you sent this to me, the first thing I thought of were um, Philip Morris advertising. In yeah, the 50s. that's right. It's it's that's a really yeah, trying to exactly. trying to downplay the fact. Uh, I mean, here look at I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but what you said about 30 minutes ago is really important. Who owns that last mile? That's right. And right now it's Google and Apple. Yep. For smartphones. And Facebook can't do anything about that. That's a big problem. And then, of course, you have Roku on your at-home device, your television-type device. They're going to struggle. You, you, you can't. There's no way that Facebook can win a battle between between Google and Apple at the same time. That's right. And that's what's happening. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you. I don't know if they're going to get around this and be able to grow like they've been. Now they're not going away or anything. Not but at all. This is going to put mean, a it would dent. dent. This is going to put a dent. Yeah, it was a it's dent. It's going to put a dent in their advertising. It's a dent in their advertisement, and we'll see what happens as they start to evolve because they will. They'll 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 definitely evolve. 
and they're big enough certainly to morph into other things and have and have done this before i don't mean to certainly count them out they've they've got lots and lots and lots of room to run here um but uh this is you know this is definitely a you know a a sign that you should pay attention to to say that you know Facebook's not on your side. Let's just be really clear about this. That Facebook's not, you know, you could argue that Apple's not on our side with the whole right to repair thing and that Google's not on our side with their whole although my rants on on Google will 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 show a little bit of that as well um, coming up, but but none of these companies are on our side, right? You know, when when there's the old adage that says if you can't if you don't see the product being sold, the product is you. Well, you, guess what? True. You are the product here. And so the, we, as marketers, we should realize that. And we have to understand that it's never in our best interest that walled gardens are erected. Because when walled gardens are erected in a media space, it means we pay more to reach and influence those audiences for our own nefarious purposes as we sit up on our little, you know, ivory tower and pet our white cat and say, we want to convince people to buy our stuff. So, you know, this, this, we, we are both on the side of consumers here on not getting tracked, but we are also as marketers on the side of not them not becoming so powerful that they can control the marketplace for us. So that's the, that's the real lesson for me in this. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on, shall we, to our rants and rave sections where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave that makes us feel like a deep fake Tom Cruise jumping up on a couch and saying something <laughs> or <laughs> makes us feel like we need the need. Show for... me the money. Right. <laughs> so many good Tom Cruise. So many. So, way, um, way too many. You know, uh, I wish I did a Tom. I don't do a Tom Cruise impression, but I wish I did. That's that's there's there's you, some... you, you, you should add that to your repertoire. I, you know, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You know, it's, you got to get the laugh. The laugh is the key with the that's true with the Tom Cruise that's impression. True. All right, do you want to go first or shall I go first? Yeah, you know what? Let me go first because I'm going to build off exactly what you just said uh, with my uh, raves and commentaries. And the first one, <laughs> it's just a little thing. It's called decentralized WSB or Wall Street bets. There's a movement. So basically, to go back, Wall Street bets was part of the whole you know GameStop Robin Hood thing. Uh, and actually, funny enough though. I don't know if you saw this, but Dave Portnoy, who runs Barstool Sports, just launched today a, an ETF, a stock market ETF based on the top 75 social media stocks like our, that have the most po- positive sentiment on social media. Just launched today. So a lot of this has to do with what happens with Wall Street Bets, where you know this group of people are coming together and sharing their stock market expertise. Now, the reason why there's this whole movement to try to decentralize Wall Street Bets is Wall Street Bets right now is a community on Reddit. Reddit is still owned by that larger entity that you talked about. <laughs> yeah, right. And, yeah. and then Wall Street Bets has lots of other communities out there, but they're all on Twitter and other platforms as well. So there's this movement to get them off of these other companies that control everything that can shut them down at any moment and and bring them basically into like you've seen with financially done with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I don't know what this means, if it's even a thing. But all I'm trying to point out is that there's this movement right now, and this is a universal movement of decentralization, that there's too many entities, some are government, some are just big technology companies that have way too much power, and you just talked about this with Facebook, and there's people that want to fight back from that. And so you're seeing that with Wall Street Bets. I just thought that was interesting. So shout out to this. I'll be watching to see if Wall Street Bets does move off of you know, r slash Wall Street Bets from Reddit, or they, they create their own site, or they create their own uh, something on the blockchain. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to say, but it's just something to watch. Now, the second thing that I want to talk about is I'm not going to go into great detail because last week I did a rave on NFTs. <laughs> and this week I'm doing, I don't know if this is a rave, but you and I talked before the show. We're both fascinated by it. This is King. The this is from Rolling Stone again. Kings of Leon will be the first band to release an album as an NFT. And just to go into this a little bit, uh, the band actually dropped three types of tokens as part of a series called NFT Yourself. 
they told Rolling Stone, one will be a special album package. The second type will, sh- will offer live show perks like front row seats for life. And a third type is exclusive audiovisual art. Uh, Robert, they're selling these from 50 bucks a token all the way up to a couple hundred dollars for some of these exclusive fan things that are going on. Again, you know, you and I are we're trying to f- make the most, and NFTs, by the way, are non-fungible tokens, which is, means they're unique tokens that can be sold off in different auction sites. And I think what you and I are trying to figure out is, where where is the nft in the creator is it is it crypto tokens is it social t- currency for somebody that writes text or creates audio how do you create an nft out of it will you i you know we don't know yet but i'm just fascinated that nfts for some reason have just come out of obscurity i mean they've been around really since 2017 when crypto kitties were around but now it's just everywhere everybody's launching their own F- nft uh, we saw, what is it, Beeple, the artist, has that thing at Christie's auction site, which is over $3 million for a piece of digital art. Uh, there was another electronic uh, band recently that sold their NFTs for $11 million. So this is this is getting out of hand. Yeah. There's probably a bubble here. But regardless, when all that settles, there's something here. And again, it's this whole theme of decentralization where you have the content creator or the media company being able to go direct to consumer and monetize directly instead of having to go through an outside platform. And that, I think, is the big deal. And that's what we're going to be seeing over the next few years. I think you're exactly right. I think, you know, the, the, the number of NFT stuff we're going to see over the next, you know, three months is it's going to be. It'll be overwhelming. It's gonna be like Pokemon Go, yeah, exactly. which is nuts for a while. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly right. what this is going to uh, be. Yeah, yes. that's that's exactly right. You know, and and what it'll and when and you'll know when it's hit when the evening news like NBC, CBS, ABC, whatever is your favorite, CNN, whatever your favorite sort of mainstream news outlet is, when they start covering it and start talking about how such and such has released their NFT and it's going to go for a million bucks or whatever. You'll know it's now there. Well, it's we're pretty close. We're actually pretty close yeah. to that. But the I saw this. I don't know where I saw it, Robert, but I saw this uh, a cartoon, and it was a guy standing against the wall, and he's at a party, and there's people sort of dancing to the music, but he's off to the side, and he's thinking to himself. He says, "I wonder if everyone knows I own the NFT to this song." Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that's so perfect. Yeah. That's. Anyways, that's exactly so, it. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, let's let's see here. Mine is actually breaking news um, as we as we go to the to record this. Yesterday evening uh, came um, a, an announcement from Google. Uh, the news source that we'll link to here is from Adweek. Although, if it you know depending on your level of articles that you've read, you may need to register for it. So you can find it elsewhere. Trust me. Um, and the headline is Google just dropped another privacy bomb on independent ad tech um, with the subheadline email based identifiers aren't a sustainable long term investment. This is very interesting, um, given everything that we have talked about and that we talk about. This is sort of the hallmark big stop sign in the road saying pay attention here. The article opens up by talking about a blog post in Google's announcement that says basically Google Google has gotten, you know, we know that they've gotten behind the idea of replacing the third party cookie. Um, and many people assumed that they would replace the third party cookie with some sort of hashed email address, Google, like your Gmail address or something like that and serve up ads that way as a unique identifier. And using you could use that sort of as a third party identifier to target ads and do those kinds of things. Um, as they've in 2022, Google will withdraw all support for third party cookies, um, which right now is the connective tissue for pretty much all digital advertising. And of course, the ad tech industry has responded and tried to rally behind all these alternative solutions. And basically, today's or yesterday's, I should say, announcement is that. Google has basically come out and said, no, 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 
we're not going to build an alternative identifier here. Google's not, you know, we're not going to track individuals um, in this way, nor will we use those identifiers to track them in our own products. That is a huge thing because things like Unified ID 2.0 that were being developed are now like really in question for all of these things. The key to all of this is that what Google's not saying is that email address is a bad way to, uh, to, to identify these people. In other words, what they are saying is, is that email is a perfectly fine, great, fantastic identifier, but your first party data uh, is the key there. In other words, you getting that first party data that should be the, the, the real striving goal here. They're not gonna use those as, as identifiers, but you should. And so what they're supporting is, as they said, this, the, the, this, is, this is an actual quote from the blog post and the announcements. Developing strong relationships with customers has always been critical for brands to build a successful business, and this becomes even more vital in a privacy-first world. We will continue to support first-party relationships on our ad platforms for partners in which they have direct connections with their own customers. In other words, <laughs> an owned media audience. And we'll deepen our support for solutions that build on these direct relationships between consumers and the brands and publishers they engage with. That's really, really important because if you didn't think it was important now to start getting, you know, permission and an audience built that's addressable, Google just made it abundantly clear. If you want to target advertising to these people on our platforms, this is what you're going to need. So it's, it's a big, 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 big deal. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it's a rant or a rave, but it's, but it's, it's, something, it's, to pay attention yeah, to. it's something to pay yeah. attention to for sure. This is, it, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, can you imagine the brands that have, you know, start when they, if they started 10 years ago on this for the ones that are just starting to get it and, and move some of that big ad budget over and what, a, what an opportunity for those people that have invested in it for a long period of time. Oh yeah. And so get ready for the, but by the way, get ready for the, you know, the Facebook like counter campaign to this as well, right? You're going to start hearing all sorts of things about the free and open internet and how it's not free and open anymore with Google, you know, stopping support for this and that advertising is what you want and personalized and targeted advertising is the only way that small businesses will be found and all of that is crap. It's, it's, it's meant to level the playing field actually and get you thinking about how do you develop a direct relationship with your customers and the this you know this is this could spell the death knell of the programmatic digital sort of use of third party data to drive tracking of you across different it, it's a it's a it's a big deal mm -hmm. absolutely yeah that's crazy by the way i forgot we forgot to mention i know we're wrapping up here but uh today is the birthday of paramount plus uh i don't know <laughs> Did you see that Paramount I Plus did. launched it was, today? Uh, yeah, I got I <laughs> opened up my app today, and it was now Paramount Plus instead of CBS. So yeah, no, it's funny. I don't. A friend of the show, Dennis Shaw, uh, he put this on Twitter. He says uh, something. It was something about I'm launching a premium subscription program for education and training, and I'm calling it A Plus. <laughs> I, like, I was like, that's pretty good. That's good. That, that that's was a good. That was pretty that's good. A, Lots of pluses. Yeah, that's a good line going on right now. That's oh, a geez. that's a good line. Well, Mister Plus, where are you this week? Uh, I'm not going anywhere yet. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, I'm I'm waiting for my shot like everybody else is. So hopefully, I can get in line. Uh, I like that the news about uh, more vaccine being available. Maybe I'll get mine by the end of May. That would be tremendous. So hoping to get that so we can start doing some traveling. But setting up my, my as we talked about, my book tour for Content Inc. And uh, doing all stuff. And uh, and I've got a couple other announcements and things I'm working on that you know about. We'll talk about it in the next couple weeks probably. Yeah. Good. I, if there's, How about you? Well, if there, first of all, if there's not... If somebody, if 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 Manuel and Miranda does not do something with the vaccine, with I'm not throwing away my shot, I will be very disappointed. I'd, let's just put it that I'm way. Saw, I thought I'd be, I thought I would see it by now. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit late now. It maybe now the Dolly yeah. now the Dolly Parton came out and said she did her part. Vaccine, I don't know. Vaccine, vaccine. Yeah, um, I'm, <laughs> I am here. 
<laughs> yeah, you didn't you didn't expect that, did you? You didn't. That was pretty yeah, good. Uh, a little Jolene yeah, rip. Yeah, there. yeah. Well, that's what she did. Um, I, you know, I'm here. I'm I'm working. We're 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 right now just right in the thick of uh, a number of client stuff. Um, I got the CMI University stuff done. I am super super happy about that. Really, nice. really, that's really, really excited beautiful. about it. Um, 25 slides later and six and a half or seven hours of content. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for real. Um, I don't know how good it is, but it's, but it's, but it's, it, it's, a, sure it was a lot of work. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, if you could only do it in a Tom Cruise accent, I, now that would, that, that would be worth extra money. Deep fake. You, you could deep fake me in my CMI university with Tom Cruise. That would be because, because I look so much like him. It's, which is, you know, that's that spitting image. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I think we'll end on that. On radio, you do. Yeah. I think we'll end on that. Yeah, yeah. Me and Tom Cruise. You can't <laughs> tell the difference, really. Um, that's it, folks. We are signing off. Uh, if you want to get all the goodness of this podcast, show notes, dive into any of the other 260 episodes. That's right, 260 episodes. You could go binge if you felt like it. Just head on over to our wonderful, wonderful website, thisoldmarketing.site. Uh, we want to thank the really, really good folks at Radix for powering our thisoldmarketing.site. And of course, you can go to Radix to get your own .site domain. Uh, and until we meet again, just remember, folks, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.